Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, If God, My Lord, Be For Me. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. We have both of our experts back here, Zachary Brockoff, Lars Olson. Thanks for being here, both of you. Would you like a glass of cold water? <laughs> well, it would uh, fit with the reading from Matthew uh, 10, the end of end of Matthew 10 today, uh, Mason. But I'm just actually grateful to be here within the expertise uh, uh, yes. shadow, the expert shadow of Zachary for this. There's so much nonsense there. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, to get back on track, we are talking about uh, the hymn today, If God, My Lord, Be For Me, uh, which is what you've picked for the fifth Sunday of Pentecost, where we are reading the gospel reading, Matthew 10, 40 to 42. Yep. So, Zachary, tell us uh, a little bit about this hymn and why you selected it today. Well, um, I'll admit this one's a little bit of a struggle. When we started this podcast, um, and we started with baptism of our Lord. I said, well, we started with that because we had lots of options. And when you get into July and August, you have to do some more digging. Well, this was one of those weeks because the text from Matthew is short and it's not entirely clear, or at least it wasn't to me initially reading it, sort of what we're going for here, right? Are we? Um, but uh, in the context of what we've been talking about and the sending of the disciples and being sent to preach, um, I thought this hymn worked well. Um, it was originally written um, by Paul Gerhardt um, uh, to reflect the text of Romans 8, um, specifically 31 to 35. Um, and so, uh, at that time, uh, Gerhardt was in um, Berlin, and prior to that had been in Wittenberg, waiting for a call into ministries, waiting for eight years. Um, and uh, does not have a call to preach anywhere. So his his sending into ministry is um, not going well because nobody wants him. Nobody wants to hear him preach, but that's okay. He had time to write good hymns like this one. And, um, and then as soon as he gets his call, uh, then his hometown is taken over and uh, wiped out during the Thirty Years' War. Um, and then between, uh, let's see, this was written in 1651. So in the next seven years, his wife and four of his five children die. <laughs> so welcome to the ministry. Your hometown's wiped out. Uh, your your wife and your children almost are all dead. And uh, that is the, the why in some ways the historical context of this hymn supports uh, almost as much as the hymn itself, um, the, uh, the the gospel text for this week. Yeah, it's uh, it, that that context really does help connect this hymn with Matthew ten. Yep. The end of Matthew ten that we get here, these last uh, three verses, forty to forty two, don't really don't give the context very well of what's happening in Matthew ten, where Jesus is sending out the disciples and he's telling them, "You're going to find persecution. You're going to find trouble out there. Uh, keep preaching." Uh, and then we come to this part, which people always hear as, um, "Oh, we need to be more welcoming because it starts with those who welcome me, welcome, oh, welcome you, welcome me." Sure. Um, but really, it is exactly about that, that the difficulty of the ministry is preaching to those who don't hear you, 
by giving them nothing but the joy of Christ. So it's not like you're, you know, you're going out and like, hey, we've got this great gospel, uh, but we'll buy you off with some donuts, uh, maybe serve <laughs> some uh, special coffee. Really, uh, Jesus is sending the disciples out with nothing but his word. And what, the, what we find in the world for that is trouble and difficulty. Um, and so when we come to the end of um, Matthew 10 here, um, yeah, it's going to be about preaching the word, but it's not specifically about just being more welcoming. Sure. Well, and I think that context matters both probably, I mean, based on what you're saying there, both for the preacher, right, this weekend, and probably for whatever hymns might be chosen and sung. Um, that, 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 that kind of context you, you have to give or it, or it doesn't make any sense. So, um, uh, there's, there's sort of the, the aspect that you're, you, you will be, um, not welcomed actually for this word in many instances. And then Christ also speaks about, uh, rewards that will not be taken away, um, which is a, a great promise. And so, um, Stanza one, well, the whole hymn sort of gives both sides of this, right? That you'll both face persecution and and yet have a reward from right. Christ. Um, th- when we hear the the idea of a reward, sometimes we think about that as heaven, and that's certainly what what uh, we're, we're we're talking about, at least in one sense here. But the hymn stanza one um, also tells us that we have this reward today. So um, it says uh, that when God's word is given, those that um, are speaking against the promise that Christ's uh, preachers bring, or prophets, or whatever. Um, uh, it says these foes fly confounded. I mean, there's really <laughs> wonderful language. It's almost as good as um, uh, the devil being subdued at the end of a mighty yes. fortress, right? It's Paul Gerhardt's attempt. Um, and in fact, one of the things that's not included in the hymn here, um, but it was in his original, um, uh, it says in part this, if God is for me, just let all move against me. From me, this is not hidden, This uh, these attacks, yet I am not afraid, though life from me be taken and everything I own, I trust in you unshaken and cleave to you alone. So that's almost sounding like a mighty fortress, you yes. know, though they take our goods, fame, child and spouse. Um, and this is... Uh, this is what he's really getting after. Um, <laughs> uh, Christ is our head and master. Um, he writes in those ways, and some people have trouble with that language now, uh, Christ being a master or something like this. But um, it's just uh, Christ being the one who's actually bringing the favor of God to sinners, right? That we're all now going out and giving um, simply what Christ has given us. So. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what the message is, right? That's what Christ is sending his disciples with. They are to take nothing with them, um, no extraneous things, uh, and they go and um, give nothing but this word of promise. And it's in that, that, you know, this this hymn is just full of it, about defying hosts and everybody being against you, uh, but that nothing can drive you from this, the love of God that comes in this word. Yeah, the... um the other, well, I, I guess I can say something about the, the final stanza. What's listed here is the final stanza as well. Um, it talks about Christ as our splendor, sun, and light. And again, sometimes we read those words and they seem far off or something that we can't experience today. Um, that uh, just even those words seem to think of something closer to the sky, <laughs> right? <laughs> something far off, heaven-like. But... Um, 
after you've suffered through all these difficulties, right, as miserable pastors and prophets and preachers, uh, then you can go get your final reward. But again, um, we're reminded in this stanza that there's no reason to wait for this mercy. You have it in Christ. And so for pastors, musicians, congregations, um, wondering what the work or the mission of the church is, um, the hymn is pretty clear. We just preached this good news, and despite the attacks, um, this is all we have. So um, uh, the reward is Christ. Yeah, I think it's that's a really important point when we're talking about a reward, that it's not something that's, if you do it right, you're going to get it. But the reward is, Christ has given this to you already. Sure, yep, yep. So... Um, in any case, though it's Romans, and Romans will uh, Romans 8 uh, is going to come up later uh, this summer um, in a number of weeks. Uh, the the uh, second reading, the epistle texts are from Romans, and eventually you'll get that. So if you want to save it until that point because you're preaching through Romans or picking that up, feel free. But uh, I felt it was too good to pass up today. Well, do you have any other options of the uh, perhaps not the best variety options with the, <laughs> the big shovel that we've had to dig sure. for, dig deep for? Yes, uh, there there are some other options. The um, one that I'd point to um, that's probably not as strong a, su- a suggestion as, as this, but it's still uh, uh, decent because it's it's picking up both sides of this uh, sending, uh, both being persecuted and yet uh, being given a, a promise from Christ is the LW665, Rise, Shine, You People, which in a sense is a little, it's certainly more of a sending text, um, concludes, tell how uh, the Father sent the Son to save us, tell how the Spirit, uh, life and freedom gave us. So it's, it's, it is a call to uh, do something there, um, which is not altogether bad, um, depending on uh, the sermon preached, I think it, it can, they can coexist um, because there are other strong, uh, um, there's other strong language in that hymn that speaks of Christ who comes uh, that uh, we might be forgiven um, uh, and, and guilt be driven away. Um, so the, the message of Christ is present in that hymn. That's one good option. The other one is something actually outside of ELW, um, LBW, uh, the the hymn is "Who Trusts in God a Strong Abode," um, and just from the te- from the title itself, um, you can read the text. Um, but that uh, that in the face of all the enemies, uh, we trust in Christ and His promise. And um, frankly, there aren't there aren't that many options that are that clear in ELW. Um, LBW has a couple more of those, and that's one that I would consider if you want to stay away from Romans. Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.